Hey, welcome back to Crack the Ceiling. Hello. <laughs> welcome back from well, still in lockdown in Melbourne. We we're are still, still here. in lockdown. It's never ending, but we're like <laughs> rolling into the second vaccine. We're yep. counting down the days. So by by Christmas, we'll be out frolicking naked together. I can't wait. <laughs> trees frolicking. Yep, so many drinks um, in public drink places. Yeah, no masks. I mean, I'm probably going to keep my mask on me. I'm not going to lie. People are gross. Yeah, I just don't like really wearing them outside, you know? I like to feel the sunshine on my face. Yeah, I have not. I mean, I've enjoyed not sunburning my lips this spring so far, though, which I know is like a really weird niche problem. Yeah, that's. I was going to say, that's a fascinating problem that you have, Tiff. I've never, that's, that's. Very interesting. I would like to go into that more, actually. <laughs> Listen, I have weird quirks. That's one of you them. You can get some block chapstick, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Could, but I haven't needed to because I've been wearing my mask outside. Yep, true. Um, Tiff, how are you doing? What's going on? What's going um, on in your life? Yeah, listen, it's... I feel like it's been such a long stretch. I went through like, yeah. you know, I went through the funk of like, this sucks. I think I went through it like three different times over the last six months. Yeah, the existential, like, existential crisis. So much of that. So many. But like, daylight savings happened. It's a little sunnier out. Yeah, it's still light kind of outside right now when we're recording this, which is amazing. Wild. It's 7.30. Oh, so good. I love it. I feel good about that. Yeah. Yeah, that's what about you, Lens? What's been what's been happening? Yeah, well, I still have a busted foot. Um, <laughs> which apparently that doesn't go away in, you know, five weeks time. It is something that is a process that you have to heal from. So we're working on that. Um, we haven't been banking podcast episodes. It's not like these are all one and Lens's no, this is like long, <laughs> yeah. long time. Lens is still in it. Yeah, it's been six weeks now, I think. Five weeks, I don't know. It's been some time. Um, so my foot's still bummed, and uh, I'm playing a lot of Skyrim um, and eating a lot of cheese plates, as I do in lockdown, um, which is kind of, yeah, it is amazing, but I think it's also the niche has kind of worn off, and now I feel so obligated every Saturday to go to the cheese shop and buy cheese. <laughs> like, it, it's become a duty and a chore. Um so yeah, I don't I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. huh. The other thing I've been working on though, which I am excited about, is the Pink Boots AGM coming up. Yes, 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 so, yes. Oh yeah. Writing my first presidential address and it has been like I've needed a lot of motivation and support from the people around me. Um, but I'm excited. I feel like I'm getting somewhere. It's gonna happen. Yeah, I'm excited for that. That's gonna be oh, virtual, all gonna be online. Are you gonna stand at your own little podium? No, probably not. But I've got make my a Lego already podium? in the fridge. I ordered my T-shirt, so like I feel like I'm all like merched up. I'm ready to go. Tiff, I feel like you need to make yourself a Lego podium. Ah, uh, yes. If only I had actually built my Lego corner. There's time. There's still like two weeks, so we can we can work on this <laughs> <laughs> to be deterrent. Very big Legos. Um, have you drank anything amazing recently? What um, have you been drinking? I'm, I've been booze free for three weeks now. I figured the time Amazing. between vaccinations was like the best time to take off so that when I can go out, like when we hit 70, 80%, it's like foot on the gas, let's go. Yeah. 
like take a break now because die in all the sorts of ways because your social battery will be running out really quick (laughs) and you'll also be viciously hungover i've got like heaps of the athletic brewing ipa in the fridge Mm -hmm. i treat myself to the molly rose non-alex when i'm out on a walk yeah because you know something to do and walk and uh that's pretty much it have you had anything awesome to drink lately Look, I, I am digging all of this, and I'm, I'm sure we're going to get into this with our guests, but I'm really digging all of the Oktoberfest beers that have come out. Um, the Like Stomping Ground, we released some a Schwartz beer that is absolutely blowing my mind. I love it. Um, the more lagers in my life, the absolute better. Yes, um, which is such a great segue. Yeah, nailed it. I love being summoned. <laughs> I heard the word liars and I've been logging in. Loggers, loggers. Jokes to have Chloe Hoiberg from Burnley Brewing joining us tonight. Yeah, Chloe, welcome to the pod. Thank you. <laughs> I would like to say that my lips also get sunburnt. So you're really? like, hashtag ah. not alone. <laughs> Wait, so this is like a regular thing. Like it's something you I have to be super cautious like of. Burn for me personally, but yeah, they're right. definitely sunburnt. So do the masks help you? Do you feel like the masks are your personal yeah, protection Yeah, now? probably. Yeah, right. Yeah. Amazing. Well, I guess um, I'm blessed to not have that problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, welcome. Thank you. Welcome. We've just um, cracked a beer. Yeah. Uh, because Chloe's partner so dutifully reminded us not <laughs> to crack the can before we started recording. Yeah. I reckon he would have honestly time that he... Well, like his timing was too good to be coincidental and knowing Michael he's probably like I don't know watching me and thinking it's five six seven eight and then walking in and saying <laughs> doing his bit to save the day I hope there's some jazz hands involved in that yeah tits and teeth yeah what's that oh classic I mean, listen, I know that I'm not drinking, but it is Oktoberfest season. Um, let's be honest. Our favorite thing to do is go get lagers at Burnley. And that is not even, that's not an Oktoberfest thing, really. That's but, like a life um, thing. It seems super appropriate. So actually, instead of doing blind tasting with Chloe today, it's not blind, but we are going to still taste some beers um, because we want to and it's fun. <laughs> And this still is a beer podcast. Yeah. I mean, it is still a beer podcast. If you would ever want to do a cheese one, Burnley would sponsor a cheese podcast. I am, look, this is, um, we can can discuss this. Every episode we talk about this. We need to just do it. I need to just do a cheese podcast. Before we go too deep deep down this rabbit hole, um, we cracked the Burnley Keller beer. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I can kind of really talk about little of you, Chloe, when we discuss why the hell are the loggers at Burnley so, so fucking, fucking good, good, and why are we looking at a rad Oktoberfest pack? And also, who are you? Um, and who are you? And why are you? <laughs> I who am I? I'm still discovering. I have discovered that I don't believe in crystals, and that's all I know about myself currently. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, good to know. Right? That's a good thing to know. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, where to start? Basically, um, 
I, this is a bit of a long one. I was always super creative when I was younger um, and didn't, I went to a private school and didn't really feel like my future was in that realm. Um, so I wasted the education what, what is my the, saved up Oh, for. just like an education realm. Sorry. Sorry. Well, I feel like, I don't know if, if it's the same vibe in America, but private schools in Melbourne have such a cliche, like uh, a clicky, cliched vibe of how your life normally pans out. Like you follow your parents' footsteps and, you know, you work for them and then you send your kids to the same school. And it's that for me just wasn't, it didn't really ever sit, uh, sit correct in how um, I found joy. Like my stepdad um, worked for Qantas and I always heard amazing travel stories from him and had a really keen interest in traveling from kind of the moment I could afford to get a, uh, I, the moment I got a job that money went to start playing for plane t- tickets because I'm one of five and my parents can lose a couple. Um, they agreed to let me backpack around <laughs> Borneo when I was 16. So I went to Borneo right. when I was 16 for about, a, a I think a month, came wow. back and realized like that's actually the world when you is were so 16. Big. Yeah. That's what I mean. My parents had spares, man. Um, they were just like and, go on get out yeah, <laughs> yeah. and um uh that kind of led me to traveling Europe kind of first thing out of high school when I could afford to go and um going to Germany with Michael um and his first generation Australians all of his families in Germany and getting to like the smallest town in Germany and seeing seeing a massive brewery there and hearing the ugliest fucking language I've ever heard and thinking to myself, <laughs> hold on, this feels right. So I um, <laughs> spent time there and realised the difference between, um, you know, craft beers, how well beer can be made. And at that time, I think Two Birds had maybe just started and the only real, no, hold on, they hadn't started yet. The only real example we had of craft beer was Little Creatures. Um, and Michael and I came back from, Uh, Europe when I was 19 and 21 and we thought um you know what I'm actually I do we both individually wanted to open a brewery um let's just do it together so that is so uh, young to also know that as well like that's yeah I think a lot of the morals of the decisions I've made was I either got really lit and agreed to do it or I just kind of like figured what's the worst that's going to happen and agreed to do it which they kind of both come down to just believing um believing something would if if it turns to shit at least you'll have a good story um Mm -hmm. and if it doesn't turn to shit you might be able to pay some bills both are good both both end in beer at the end of the day (laughs) um so we came back, realized that as a German, Michael could go to Germany school and get his education. <laughs> Germany school. <laughs> it Germany. is a very unique individual school. Selected to go by a woman named Klaus who'll come across and pop you on your head. <laughs> um, so Germans can get their essentially apprenticeship for free. So the the same sense of apprenticeships that we have here isn't like that in Germany like they're really sought after they're very um they're they're held in really high regard which is probably a problem with our education system um but realized that Michael could do his Ausbildung for free um and he set off to Germany to go and do that and um I joined shortly after we lived in a really small town uh, along the Morsel which is a really famous wine famous wine area um 
we were essentially working for nothing at a local brewery that was going under just from poor mismanagement. Again, I learned more from his bad decisions than I did from his good ones, but yeah, led us to basically moving to a bigger city, um, eventually starting our own brewery and then coming back to Australia and um, wanting to start our own thing here, but we met the boys that were starting Burnley and they wanted us to join the team. So we thought for the interim until we wanted to set up our own thing, it would be a good decision to, you know, get to know the craft beer scene of Melbourne a little bit better, get to know people. And then we just inherited the business. (laughs) Which is amazing. Um, How old were you when you opened the brewery in Germany land? 22, 23. That is insane. Yeah. (laughs) Again, I would, it's funny, like, how bold you are when you're young like what the fuck is Mm. wrong with me thinking germany needs more breweries (laughs) (laughs) germany doesn't have a lot of craft breweries though does it yeah so the problem with the industry over there is like everything is super regionalized so every town has a brewery and there's a lot of devotion to that brewery and the word craft in german translates to strong so while um the craft beer born was a craft beer phase uh, movement was born out of uh, like a rebellious spirit of shit beer there's never been that problem in germany it's always been a really mm-hmm. high quality so yeah. while in australia it's great to support local because you're the the trickle down effect is very obvious like we employ more people in every sector um in germany it's not really the same thing so there's no real push to have um craft and independent beer the forefront because of how well structured the bigger boys are over there and but the bigger boys they're not like owned by a mass conglomerate are they like they are becoming now big burger is buying out small industries um small breweries Mm -hmm. so like the town where i lived they own that brewery but nobody really cares which is the bigger problem in itself um yeah it's gonna be interesting to see what happens to that that industry in like 10 15 years but um, no, Bitburg is starting to buy everything up. Right. Sad. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know if I answered your question. No, it did. <laughs> that was definitely the answer for the question. But wait, so before I get into like my questions, because I have deep, deep questions. Um, right. Keller beer. Talk us through your Keller beer. Or do you want Lindsay and I to talk about what we're tasting? Um, either or. I'll talk it through. Um, and then you can tell me what you're tasting. So basically <laughs> the Keller, Keller in German translates to cellar. So it's just a beer that you would normally chuck down in the bottom of your house and let it sit there. Um, I love it because it's an unfiltered lager. Like it's a bit of a rock star lager. Like she's a little bit funky and dirty and like sexy and like, you know, would go for like pre's with you at 6 p.m. and then hang out with you at 4 a.m. when you're like on your third and fourth rounds. So she's a bit of a rock star. But um, I also think, She's normally pretty overlooked. Like it's not a super fashionable beer. Um, and we wanted to do it because um, I don't actually know. I did the schedule when Michael and I were a little bit tipsy one day. So we agreed <laughs> to do the Keller just because I kind of wanted to have a, we were just about to release the Pilsner and then kind of wanted to follow that up with what we thought would be the addition that we had planned the German Pilsner and then this beer to be our massive Oktoberfest release. Obviously COVID's pivoted that plan. Um, but mm. um, we had 
mentally prepared to release a Keller. So we did it. <laughs> yeah. No, I love it. I think one, I mean, not only is it not a rock star beer, but, or sorry, not like a trendy popular beer, but also like. It is a rock star beer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who else in Australia is making a Keller beer? Like, it's just not a style that we ever yeah. even get to drink. Here. Yeah. It's a style that like, yeah, you just don't encounter on a day-to-day basis at any brewery that you go to in Australia. That's just yeah. hazy IPAs. Like, yeah, this, you know, or if, if there's like a lager on, it's just like a Hellas, right? Like a Pilsner, just mm-hmm. like straight called a Pilsner so we don't scare anyone away. Yeah. yeah. I also, I mean, like when we are releasing these styles, I'm always mindful of like, we, um, I get really annoyed when like you hear breweries say they're the only brewery doing X, Y, Z, because it's probably not true, right? Like there's probably yeah. breweries that I don't know of doing it. Be other breweries doing Keller beers. Like we have, we have no gatekeepingness around our German beers. You can do whatever the fuck you want with them. They're not our beers mm-hmm. to gatekeep. Um, well, it's so, a style, right? It just yeah, comes exactly. down to, I mean, it is a style yeah. and everyone's interpretation of the style is going to be different. Exactly. We made we made yeah. a Keller at Stomping Ground, but it does not can taste like this. Can you copy us then, please? Because we've done this now. And I'm kidding. <laughs> we are. Like, that's actually, like, it's all part of the plan. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody in your brew house is copying your schedule and sending it over. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, conspiracy! The QAnon of the Australian beer industry Holmes is involved in this. I know it. It has to be and Donald Trump. Yes, Donald Trump is going to be the one that comes and saves all the breweries. All right, at the end of it. Um, What is happening here? uh, I feel like we're going to derail each other very nicely tonight. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) Um, So yeah, it's just a just a really nice sessionable lager, like. Um, well, obviously we didn't think we we're going to be in lockdown at the time. Um, and we had a lot of plans. Ooh, yeah. Who the fuck did? We had a lot of plans. Um, oh, plans. Well. Yeah. <laughs> Lol. Sweet, naive Chloe, sweet 29 year old. Um, so we had plans to do massive events, especially with Hofbrau house. Cause we're really good friends with, um, that group. Um, and this is kind of the beers that we wanted to, um, have later in the festivities, but she, it hasn't actually been released yet. I might fuck around and release it Wednesday. Wait, the Keller beer hasn't been released yet? No. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Ew, it's I mean, delightful. listen, <laughs> I'm really enjoying this. I am too. I mean, by the time this gets edited and out, the Keller beer will be long out by then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just feel like everything's there and in balance, but it has way more mouthfeel than most loggers, mm-hmm. but still sits at 5%. Like, it's got, like, biscuitiness. It's got some, like, real, like, earthy hops to it. And then, like, some nice mouthfeel. I don't know. Mm. I think I love the it's color undoubtedly too. lager-like, but with a little bit of extra, like, oomph there. I mm. think it's good. Yeah, it's definitely, like, a crisp, um, clean, crackery biscuit, like, but a clean biscuit um, mm. cracker thing going on. Like a saltine, kind of, but not salty. But, like, if you had a saltine that wasn't salted, like, maybe that kind of level. Like a water cracker? Like the salt off. No, not like a water cracker, because water crackers aren't really saltines, are they? Um, <laughs> we'll discuss this, this later. This circles back on to our cheese. cracker podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> talk crackers with crackers. Um, 
No, but it is like, and I don't know, I did just have some spinach in my quesadilla and I don't know about anyone else, but like cooked spinach really dries out my palate. And for me, this is mm-hmm. tasting quite dry. Um, mm-hmm. But I th- I'm wondering if it's, is it, is it very dry or is that it's actually dry. the spinach? <laughs> I mean, it's it's dry. Dry, it's yeah. not like, it's not astringent, but there's definitely like. No, it's, it's a- not astringent at all, but I'm getting like a nice dry finish from it, which is making me just keep drinking it and going in yeah. for more. The way rich. that we normally design our Oktoberfest, uh, not Oktoberfest, German beers as well, is like linked to a pretty strong memory. Um, mm. When we do share German beers, we're like very selective of when and where and why and whatever. Um, and this, and we always try and link it back to a memory that we've had or that we've shared with people and, and this one, is based around um drinking on the rhine river in the middle of spring so like the there's like dew in the um grass it's being dried up so it's like sweet grassy notes coming off it's kind of Mm. making your skin a little bit itchy um you try and get the last bits of sun before the horrendous winter comes like it's just meant to be that like ode to that very personal memory that um we then try and share with the world it's like beautiful. It. That seems like such a far away away from where we are now. You know, yeah. Well, if you think back, like the last time Lindsay and I recorded in person was actually at Burnley. Mm-hmm. Um, I did think And that we went actually. because we were really excited to drink lagers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to be there. And then we got real drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not actually sure. Um, I've been asked this question a lot lately, especially with like the success of not our Oktoberfest, but like Oktoberfest packs in general, um, mm. why we do lager so well. And I think it's because Burnley itself has always really parved out its own um, lane. Like we, we've never really looked to um, fads or fashions. We've always just tried to like stick to the beer that we would be proud to justify to our mums that we have jobs with. So we've always tried to keep it authentically us and authentically true to our beer drinking experience and I think the fact that most of that experience was carved out in Europe kind of naturally leads us to sharing styles that are like essentially expressions of our love language so um, I'm happy that you guys came to Burnley to get drunk that's really beautiful thank you <laughs> that just like German loggers are expressing your love language I yeah <laughs> Like that was just really beautiful to listen to. Um, I'm getting teary eyed. That's nice. <laughs> save I mean, the che- right. save the tears for the cheese podcast, please. Yeah, cheese and crackers. Save them for the cheese. Don't be such a cheese. So here's the thing. Really, <laughs> let's go, Tiff. Let's go. What do we do this podcast for? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. And we kind of touched on this before we started recording because, I mean, listen, for anybody out there who's listening, we have like a good half an hour shit talk before we ever hit record. To eat some Um, dinner. (laughs) And I was saying to Chloe, because what's happened out of this year, which has been, I don't know, uh, a freedom to be angry that we maybe haven't had before. Angry, angry as women, angry as women in beer. Um, And what's come out of that is I've sort of bonded or really like opened conversation with other women that I knew of, was acquainted with, but like 
now we have this bond over because we were able to openly speak about things that we felt were unjust or things that we felt were unfair. And so Chloe's one of those people that I kind of like started talking to more because we were able to talk about these things. And it was funny because we also like talked to Cherry about these things more. And, you know, there were quite a few other people where, you know, things like we had a drop in session with Pink Boots to just come and talk about things. And what's come out of this is our openness to talk about the anger and all of the ways we feel. And I think one, Chloe, you are a young woman who owns a brewery in Melbourne. Like Mm -hmm. that's quite an achievement. There are actually very few women owners of breweries in this country. Like it comes down to being a very small percentage. Not that anyone actually has the actual data. And a really interesting, what came out today was the Brewers Association actually released some data around this. And it's, I'd love to get deep into that one day, but I haven't had a chance yet. But I don't know. I just, I feel like we probably have a lot to talk about on just being a fucking woman who owns a brewery. Yeah, because not mm-hmm. only that, but it's not just the women who own the brewery right now, but every, like I send Tiff a lot of articles because <laughs> it's always about, oh, great. And more blokes are opening breweries with yeah. that same story. Like, with and it's just like, just white blokes. Yep. With their friends quitting their jobs, following their dreams. Like I'm just exhausted and I can't even get excited about that same tired story anymore. Um, yeah. And it so does it's make that you say so- that. Cause it's not as though like when, like, and correct me if I'm wrong, like I'm more than happy for people opening up breweries. Like I think it's great. The, the more, the better, but it does get very tiring when you see the ease that some people go through this industry mm-hmm. with. So it's, it's always great to hear people opening up breweries, but there is a small part of me that's just like, you have no idea what it's like to even have a bar job as a female. Mm-hmm. And um, the thing that does really grind my gears is like I talk to people so often where the business is completely male-owned and whatever, which is fine. It's just that's just life. But when I'm talking to them about their hiring policies, they're always like, oh, we hire friends. It's like if your staff look, sound, act exactly like you, that is super problematic and I just don't even think some people care or are aware of it. The Mm. reason that we push it so hard at Burnley is because I'm aware of it and I make our staff hyper aware of it. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I get really, I don't, I'm really just fucking sick of like even um, toxic masculinity in females in our industry. And yeah. mm-hmm. if, um, I feel like you've probably seen more of this as well, but like it's so hard to know what to do because people who you think are on your side or have the same agenda of you, which I'm probably assuming that, which, you know, what they say about assuming. And when they turn around and say, oh, hold on, that doesn't suit here because X, Y, Z, it it stops you more in my tracks than if it was a man saying that. And I know that's a double standard. I just think it 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 hurts more than because um, I don't trust men um, because they all suck, i.e., <laughs> Let's go back to what I was talking about before with the cage policy. Um, <laughs> it does. It definitely does stop me in my tracks more when I see um, toxic masculinity in females in our industry because you do want it to be progressive and you do do want it to reflect the morals back onto you. And when it's not, it it um, 
it's more alarming to me personally. I think, but that as well, like that's something to be discussed because I think for so long in the industry, it has always been, or how it's always been, not just in the industry in life growing up as a female presenting human being. I think that um, it's constantly drilled into us that other women are the competition Mm -hmm. and there's, there's only, you can only have so many women, right? Like obviously at beer judging, you can only have max, maybe one woman at every other table, um, one woman per two tables. So it, it turns us to be really competitive with with each other. And I think that that's so deeply, deeply ingrained in so many of us. And like, for, I think Tiff and I might have talked about this before, but it's something that like I'm trying to overcome um, that innate like like instinctive competition that yeah. isn't actually yeah. there or necessary. Yeah, um, I think for sure our generation were taught that was taught that. So I don't think necessarily that you're alone in that. Um, yeah. but there is scientific proof that women shouldn't be together because our periods will link. And yeah, but that's exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm saying. Like, and we can't share deodorant because, and there can only be one alpha female, right? So, you know. But I think that that was instilled in us pretty young. Like he doesn't like you because he likes the other chick or like you can't lose him because of so-and-so. And And, like, even if you watch back romantic comedies, you lose a man to another female. It's never the man's fault because he's a cheating sack of shit it's the woman's fault because he lost interest in you in, in whatever. And, you know, like even if you're looking at historical figures, it's always the, you know, the woman did something wrong. So it is Eileen in that Dolly Parton song. Yes. (laughs) Eileen don't steal my man. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, we were like, it's that whole thing where like, women climb the ladder and then knock it down behind them instead of dropping the net to bring others up. Like, there's so like I feel like there's like our generation where we had to fight so hard to get to the top where you're like, well, I'm not gonna fucking lose it now. Yeah, because there's only room for one woman at the top. You cannot yeah. have any more women, <laughs> and that's just like, why do we? It, it's like, well, because society hasn't advanced enough that we're getting a more diverse team where we can actually look and be like, oh, there's actually room for everybody. Instead, it's like, no, mm-hmm. if someone's going to be the diversity, it's going to be me. And I'm going to be everyone out for that diversity. Yeah, like and why also, is like, diversity hire one person when it should yeah, be? Yeah, that's 90. exactly it. So break yeah. down the system. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. it. Like that whole thing needs to be restructured. Yeah, it so shouldn't that's be this how way at all. Do it. I, like, I don't know how to... The only con- environment I can control is the one I'm creating. So we purposely, yeah. instead of knocking down that ladder, we get that net. So we hire predominantly females, um, make sure they get trained up. Um, but even with that, even with that policy in mind, we only have one female currently in the brew house who's clearly in production. Qualified. The next hires that we will be will be fem- pardon. Did my oh, I said, off? maybe I said, uh, when you started saying, I was like, you only have one female in production, like on the production side of things. Yeah. 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 So it's not because like, like we purposely hire females and we only have one. So I don't, um, you know, that in that itself, I'm personally not happy with, and we will be making amends to that as soon as we financially can. But 
we purposely hire females in the tap room in the in every aspect that we can but that's because it's the only environment that I control like it's we make sure we don't have any sexist or racist or homophobic or um branding but I'm also aware that our branding is inherently ableist because we can't afford to get braille on the cans for every small batch um and while Richmond is able friendly I still want to make it more able friendly because it's not a uh, if Bur- I want Burnley to be a jumping in point for everyone and just because you have a disability shouldn't exclude you from that everyone statement. Love that. I'm going to cry Love again. <laughs> <laughs> Go and eat some cheese. <laughs> I mean, I think one thing, Chloe, I was just looking back on some things we've discussed in the past and like it's this whole thing, right, where you see, you know, promotions in our industry and boards being created and it's like, having an all white male board is such Mm. a bad business decision these days. Like there's so much research around how having diverse, like having diversity in your leadership team is like financially beneficial. And yet still in our industry, we see mates hiring their mates, all male board. Like you just see it over and over again. You're like, you got like, yeah. The bar is so low, you couldn't even so low, so low. It. Seriously. It is and just- as well, like the amount of females that have to go and get qualified to even feel like their voice will be heard. Like oh, I know yeah. that if you're having a conversation with Michael and I, it's very rare that people will listen to me, even though I'm a cough, I've done my IBD. Um, mm-hmm. But I also don't care if people don't listen to me because that – that tells me everything I need to know about you in about 20 seconds. I've got a thousand bucks. You're going to go put Joe Rogan on in your car and scream at your mom. So <laughs> that tells me, yeah, that's a pretty good red flag. So um, yeah, the bar is so fucking low. Mm. Just, isn't it just? Honestly, yeah. it makes such a difference to not only do it, but also, you know, for us to be able to talk to you about this, like, let people know that the business like not just is the beer different or the venue is different because it's purposefully you know the aim is for it to be purposefully built for everybody to be fully inclusive but talking about how you're you know you're intentionally trying to hire more diverse humans in there Mm -hmm. like the more we talk about it I think the more it will become normal but not only normal but like it should make somebody else who owns a brewery feel embarrassed and ashamed that oh, they are sure. not making these considerations and how they're building their business. Yeah. yeah. I'm also really and I always sick. stand here every day and say owning a brewery is on, like it's a business. Yeah. No matter what. I'm also sick of women, the only voices in the industry being the women in social media because that is the true voice of the business. Do not mm-hmm. give a female – your social media if there's no other females in that business because your social media is how the world sees you normally for the first time and if that voice isn't true to your business it's that's where I get really annoyed because they're normally the first one to get fired we saw that with COVID four or five times Mm -hmm. over and then the the most valuable voice when you need to promote something new and it drives me up the effing wall yeah yeah wait so what you're saying is and I think I might have lost out on a little bit um my connection might be a little wonky today um so what you're saying is you don't like to see a business who is predominantly 
male ran and operated and the person who's controlling their social media is female <laughs> and like the only well, female I don't on the like team it. or am I I know I'm just like talking about sh- shit I hate really but that's an extension yeah, yeah, yeah. of me so if there's no oh. females making the decisions about branding whatever whatever the real stuff they yeah. your token hire shouldn't be the female running your social media because yeah, yeah. It, that's for me what really annoys me because that is the voice of your business and if that business is just existing in Instagram it's fucking false advertising bro yeah which also, is such so a good segue to your social media pardon <laughs> you've been forcing the segue I'm not even forcing the segue because I think that your social media and it's I know that you did talk to Luke and Dave about this on your podcast on Ale of a Time, but you are li- you two are literally the only two people I know who create content on TikTok. And I don't even create that much content. But like Burnley, I think, is the only brewery in Australia creating interesting content, um, which Hold I think is love. Really stuff. Huh? Hold I haven't, they haven't really come cool up stuff. on my... Oh, Holgate, yeah, they just started coming up on my yeah. FYP. I'm sorry. Yeah. They are also they creating content and jumping on that train. But, like, See, outside of YouTube. That, that page has got to be run by a female as well. It is. It is, although Holgate is a husband-wife business as well. Yeah. It's, oh, see? That's the that's trick. So, and, Going well, to again, business with somebody I know that, that you're with... legally roommates with. Natasha has been beer judging for years. Yeah. So Paul Holgate's wife, Natasha, she's certainly been around the industry for a very long time. Yeah. And That's they cool. they have a daughter who's super involved right. in their business as well. Like they're doing, yeah. I know who do, does maybe it's, t- maybe it's their daughter that's doing the TikTok then because it's like, it's it's so well done that it has to be a young female. I've got it money being on a young female. Yeah, she might be doing their, she might be doing their, that stuff, but their marketing is Lucy. Um, Lucy actually used to work at Stomping Ground when Stomping Ground first opened oh, cool. up. Oh, um, that's so cool. Yeah. And Lucy's okay. Lucy's a freaking legend. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, they're, but outside of you guys, like, and I just think it's, I love your TikToks. Your TikToks are going Thank really, you. really well because they're involving one, like they're everything that I want to do um, with, a TikTok, but no one at my place of employment wants to jump on the train. Um, to Burnley, it's not too far. <laughs> I get made fun of. Maybe I can just come over and film TikToks. Can I just use all your people and put them in my TikTok? Please, you're more than welcome to. <laughs> I don't think they're so weird. So they're I so have this idea. Odd. Yeah, they're so used to odd girl requests. I'd probably be like, okay. <laughs> Yeah, anything anything I've recorded in the brewery at Stomping Ground has been like when I'm the only one on shift and <laughs> I'm recording it myself and no one's around. <laughs> um, yeah. So. The I like though, Chloe, you call shit out, right? Like on your TikTok account, yeah. you call shit out. Yeah. Even if I only see it four weeks later because I only watch it on Rails, fine. Seriously, just join join the join the um cult at this point, honestly. I know. Yeah, but, but how, you how- out and you're not afraid to. And I don't know. I fucking love it. Yeah. How are you finding? Sorry. How are Sorry. you finding running um like a brewery's socials? How are you finding that response on TikTok? And do you find it to be? Where do you see it going? I guess. Well, um. So just for full disclosure, we have had a little bit of a problem with the um. What's that A triple C? 
ABAC? ABAC, yeah, thank you. We had a little bit of a problem with them because they had a problem with us having the page, but yeah. we um, won that appeal. So we're really grateful to the fact that they um, listened to what we were basically arguing, um, which That's was awesome. the fact the app was aging up. So it started obviously as like a 13, 14-year-old app as Musical.ly. And then the mm. more the pandemic has gone on, the more it's moved into the 22 to 27 age. Um, and it can be extended to 36-year-olds if a certain TIF wanted to join. Yeah. Um, fair. Yeah, fair. Fair. Not join, get back on. Too. Yeah, get back on. <laughs> um, so the honestly, the reason that we started it was to keep Jesse, who does all of our social medias and does the um, – did the incredible designs for the October Fest beers. She's one of our salespersons, um, but she, I knew that she didn't really love it. Um, so we're just kind of working her the way, uh, working her through Burnley to see what really stuck. And because she's an absolute freak, social media sticks really well with her personality because she's a freak. Um, yeah, cool. So we decided to download TikTok as a response to the that big um lockdown yeah um and Wait, the one we're still in i don't know yeah yeah famously have you guys been yeah. to it it's like really shit <laughs> yeah. somehow i ended up two years older and with orange hair i'm not sure how but... Yeah. <laughs> um but God. yeah TikTok was just a way to keep busy and to um change the way that we we've always wanted to change the way how people see working um, in a uh, industry um, because I don't think there's enough like posi- a po- uh, pos- fuck me up the asshole. positive messaging around that, especially <laughs> with um, the tradies striking last week. So um, that mm. probably didn't help things. Um, but we just kind of wanted to um, not take ourselves so seriously. I feel like breweries tend to have that, um, really catered social media vibe and we just wanted yeah. to do the complete opposite. Also, low-key, we thought we are going to go under last year, so we're just like, <laughs> goodbye, cruel world. Here's my last TikTok. <laughs> Here we go. If I go yeah. down in flames, I'm going down in the flames of TikTok. <laughs> Holding the phone in the Remember air. Remember me. <laughs> I made an um, impression to like someone. <laughs> Yeah. So I think last year um, it was a fantastic year and a horrible year to be a business owner because I lost uh, control of everything, which meant I lost control of everything. So you lo- you lose that anxiety of like, oh, maybe this joke isn't going to land or whatever. It doesn't matter because like it made yeah. me laugh. <laughs> yeah. That's, um, oh, shit. I had a, I had a, I had a brain thing. I had a thing I like wanted to aneurysm. bring up. Um, yes. Uh, <laughs> no, I had a thing I wanted to bring up and I've Wait, already lost it. You'll have an aneurysm. That's too much for tonight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Far for the course, I think, Tiff. <laughs> um, here. Oh, fuck. What the fuck was it? It was a good thought. Nope. Gone. We'll never we'll know. Sorry, back. guys. I'll come back. I mean, listen. The result for me, looking from the outside, is somebody who, like, enjoys beer, but also, like, I go out of my way to support those who support diversity, for sure. Um, and I think the TikTok, I don't know, it just makes everything about Burnley more human. Yeah. <laughs> a full different side of 
you know, the brand and I'm using air quotes here, like the brand that is Burnley Brewing. Yeah. Like it's human, but human in a way that I relate to, but also like I want to support that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and that's what I'm going to support you, Chloe. I found my <laughs> thought. Um, it's, it's what you said about like the curated, like breweries having these curated Instagrams and like creating this idea and this brand, like in a lot of ways, some point it all starts to blend together and kind of all look the same. Whereas what Burnley's oh. doing is you guys are, you guys are using yourselves um, and the people that work within your company and putting them on display. And that makes it, and what Tiff also just iterated, that makes it so much more personal and for yeah. me, it makes me want to go hang out and drink your beers and drink with you guys yeah. because it, it becomes about like, oh, every time I buy a pint, not only do I know who the owners are that I'm supporting, I know what the business stands for that I'm supporting. And I know I've seen these people's faces, like they care about their employees. Like it's not just all about them. It's about their staff yeah. as well. And I think that's really great. It's really Thank sick. you. That's honestly it's- a massive principle for us is like, um obviously every staff member isn't going to have the same thing but we do want them to feel like they have a future with us they're not just we're not just a placeholder until they find a better job if that's what they want to do they're more than welcome to but like we train brewers up we um train hospital staff if that's what they want to do but also we want them to see themselves reflected in the brand because I feel like so many people give so much of their energy to brands that never Mm -hmm. get that reflected back onto them and for me that was always a massive yeah sorry (laughs) sorry if I'm bringing you up because I've done that as well something Lindsay and I have talked about before like yeah it's yeah like they have no problem sucking your soul but when you need, like, that to me was always one of the big annoyances with, um, you know, even brands I used to, like, places I used to work and even Burnley when we first started and Michael and I weren't as influential as we were ne- then at the beginning of the business, which, again, why the fuck would you give a stranger more say in a business? But um, we've always wanted to make sure staff can see themselves in what we're doing and where we're going. Um and the, my big fear is that one day somebody would turn around and say, like, you know, you've never listened to my idea and um, that even if even if you say no to an idea, the idea of still listening to it is really important. Um, and I get off at saying no to people, so that's good for me. I'm kidding. <laughs> the lack of laughs there I got is concerning. <laughs> No, I I, I also think, get off to say no to people because I never do it. So it's like a really big I'm really <laughs> really bad at saying no to people, and I'm really trying to learn. Tiff's notoriously bad. This is something we've talked about. Oh, I don't know on this pod, but a lot this year. <laughs> we need oh, to learning. Tiff definitely, yeah, all of us. Oh, I, it's it. not that I'm. It's not that I'm bad at saying no. It's that I'm very good at saying yes to everything <laughs> oh. until I cannot physically do anything more because I stupidly believe that all of my time must be full all the time yeah you burn yourself um, into the ground um tiff do you remember the first time we met you probably don't but i was working at the terminus and i'd literally just gone back from germany two weeks before <gasps> yes yeah mems sweet mems wait i went home that me? night is, is there and a got good my, i got my beer server um certificate that night because you're like yeah it's a good idea to get it i was like okay and then went home and got it <laughs> That does sound like me. That definitely sounds like something I would do. Yeah. 
What's your beer server? It's a great idea. Yeah. If you want to open beer, like what a great way to start. Yeah. yeah 100% sounds like me. Yeah. I just remember them be like, I just specifically remember somebody else was there. Maybe it was Alex or somebody and they were like, oh, we have a new girl here. She just moved from Germany. She's really into beer. You should meet her, which yeah, is me. pretty much because people go, oh, Tiff, there's another girl here. Like, oh, <laughs> there's another girl that likes beer. Do you know her? Have you met her? Are you guys friends? She likes beer too. <laughs> Sorry. I also, I think that's going to be a TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the thing where people are like, well, you like beer and she likes beer. So you guys should just be friends. Like I've had roommates that way. Like basically just my entire life has been like you should meet this other girl who's into the one thing that you're into you guys should just be yeah <laughs> it works I know I mean it's pretty much my entire friendship circle I'm not gonna yeah. lie I'm okay with it it's almost like something in exact- yeah <laughs> I've almost made it um my friendship group is complete opposite they don't give two shits about beer which is great because That's when great. I have a work problem they don't if I think it's really big and I'm saying it out loud to them, seeing their faces, I know it's not big because they have their teachers, like they mold young people's brains or like help <laughs> trains go or some shit. And I'm just telling them about like some beer isn't as clear as I want it to be. And they're like, uh, <laughs> we do not care. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, that's good. That's more of a brag about me yeah. having friends, just FYI. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Tiff and I are just sitting here in silence. <laughs> yeah. Some real like, life energy that Lens and I don't have. All of my uh, friends just live <laughs> here and all of our problems are petty. <laughs> no, real life though, all of my friends are attached to the beer industry somehow. Yeah. It might be a problem. Same. <laughs> but do you think Sorry. that's because you, you've met them all through work? Like obviously you didn't go to, excuse me, you didn't go to school here. And so you like had to start your friendship group later. Not even work, but I think even when I very first started like getting into like going to beer events and talking to people at those events, like I look at, you know, like I've known Manda for like 10 years now and we just met, like literally it was one of those things where like, you like beer, she likes beer, you guys should meet. And then we went, you know, like basic strangers we were like okay well we'll go for a beer one night you go on a blind date basically and like it's so funny that we went on like we went out we had beers I tell the story that she hates that I tell because she fell off a stool but didn't spill a drop of her beer and I was like we're probably gonna be friends (laughs) and like like all these years (laughs) later we're totally still friends because we met through through like drinking beer she doesn't work in beer which is honestly she's probably one of my only friends who doesn't work in beer but, like, we met through our interest in drinking beer. Yeah. Pretty much it. I think for me, I beer has become too much of my identity. And therefore, I um, have tried to, yeah. And because I'm not from here, everyone I meet, all the friends that I've made have been generally American expats in the beer industry. Or, like, from yeah. other countries in the beer industry here um, are, like, my closest friends. It's... Yeah, it's all beer people, which I don't like. Look, I think beer people are the best part of the industry. Um, but yeah, good people. <laughs> a lot of them yeah. are very good people. There's a lot of our new not sales good ones at all. Our new sales is she American? American, so I'll send her your way. And she likes beer? 
And be well, friends with. I don't know if we're she's gonna be friends, but she's gonna be selling it. <laughs> but I think it's we get to this point, right? Where there's like so many people in the beer industry now that it's not like, okay, well, you're a girl and she's a girl, so you have to be friends, but like I, going back to the whole reason, like okay, I met you a few years ago and I was probably like, okay, this girl just came over. But now we kind of like, we've gotten to bond over mm. our anger at the way things are, out, the things that are outside of our control. And yeah. a mass desire for a unified goal. And I yeah. enjoy that. I've enjoyed like meeting new people. Yeah, it's nice, right? Especially like when um, we used to go to events with um, pre-COVID memes um, and my forceful roommate, Michael, used to be standing next to me as I was like introducing myself to other female reps and you do bond with them really quickly because you just like talk about shit and the look on Michael's face was just this like horrified thing of like awareness of what we actually have to go through on the daily to be in the industry that we're not even really given a fair chance in um and it's like he'd seen his mum naked for the first time or like Santa Claus undressing um, and it was just a random homeless person. Like the shock on his face when you realize what it actually, the reality is for most people was um, something that I took a lot of joy in, if I'm being honest. <laughs> but it's also just because he's also in the industry, right? And like uh, he's coming at the industry as well from a very different perspective. and mm. um, Or like his experience moving through the industry is quite different. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean like he's got... Um, king energy so he's he's he he's definitely got like um he's very aware of the problems like hyper aware of the problems so yeah 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 we which is why i have such a good support system around burnley to to make changes because if one of us didn't believe in it it wouldn't be something that burnley stood for but the fact yeah of course myself michael and our business partner all believe in the same things um although Hobbo might be a little bit more conservative than us, it's, there's a reason it succeeds and it's because we've created an environment to let it succeed. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Diversity is good for business. Yeah, I was just great. I was just thinking the same thing. I was thinking, one, this is one of the longest podcasts. Yeah, this is before. beating oh, Toto. sorry. Toto's. Tito's? No. Tito. 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 I do. Right. So, uh, let me go and get mine. I have to go get it. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll probably hear Lindsay's weird song, and uh, we'll be back in a minute. All right, we're going to do a non-blind tasting today. I already opened mine. I'm sorry. I know, I waited. (laughs) Because I feel like I have Michael in my ear. don't, Don't forget to do it this right. Yeah, I did hear like, him I don't come do. down and curse me when I did Seriously, that. Seriously, he's like, das ist nicht correct. <laughs> all right, first of all, this beer we're drinking, because it's not blind today, um, it makes <laughs> me want to get some fucking pretzels. Yeah, it's good. And be thirsty. So we've got the Burnley Pilsner. And it's not blind today because, fuck it, we're just going to drink it and talk about it. And... Somebody did also provide some feedback that it would be nice to know what we're talking about while we go through all of our sensory aspects. So today, but I'm sorry, is, let's just revisit the, the word blind. blind. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's like that's, should have gone to spec savers. Blind tasting, the fun of it is not knowing and then figuring out if we're 
shockingly wrong or if Lindsay eats way too many sour cola candies and I can smell that shit from a mile away. Miles. 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 Anyway, so we've got Pilsner. It's Oktoberfest. So this is your collab with Hofbrauhaus. House. Uh, 4.8%. 30 IBU. I'm pretty, I mean, listen, shock, shocking. I love a good Pilsner. Love a good mm-hmm. Pilsner. This is very, right, vivid, so very clean. Really, really nice looking. Like, got some good clarity. Mm-hmm. It's not like totally, totally see through, but I am good with that. It's very mm-hmm. bright. Yeah. It's, it's like pretty bright. Pretty, yeah, pretty bright, straw leaning, like pale gold. It's pretty mm. bright. I'm not going to comment on color because I'm sitting under, like, a lamp in a, the light of the TV. So it's not, not good sensory atmosphere. So, like, comparatively to the Keller beer, I think for me, this has a little bit of a lighter body. It doesn't mm-hmm. lean so much towards, like, saltine without the salt <laughs> cracker. It does lean a little bit more towards a water cracker. And there's more definable, like, um, I don't know if it's, like, a it's herbaceous yeah. This beer is so much crispier. It's like crispier. It's, Yeah, for sure. The, I don't know. Um, there's more is. bitterness on the finish. It's so yes, much dryness. Yes. Yeah. Way more bitterness. Like, I think the bitterness is um, – the finishing bitter is something that we made sure we had. I think, like, I don't know if a lot of Australians late hop their pilsners, and that's why they tend to be more of a hoppy note for Australian pilsners. But um, we wanted to make sure it was more of a multi-finish um mm. but yeah this again was meant to be like our big hallmark release the label is done by our artist in residence lily who you can find on her instagram really easily um and the brief we gave her was um renoir's picnic so it was meant to have like a really kind of nice movement to it um but meets bavaria beer garden so like embarrassingly she put me and harry on the can and at the time i was like nobody's gonna know that and then jesse who really likes to torch me blew that image up and now it's about two foot tall which is essentially the height of me in richmond so like that is the thing that we use <laughs> to promote oktoberfest now and i feel Great. so um he looks so serious too he does he's a very <laughs> serious dog that's <laughs> um, great it's like a dignified gentleman. Yeah. <laughs> we did um, originally, like, obviously this is a 355 mil can label. The artwork just seemed to fit better and look better on a smaller label than it did a bigger one, which is surprising, but we did try both. And we just kind of wanted a very clear difference um, with Lily's artwork and everyone else. So when you look at them, there's an, a very obvious difference. Um, and because I don't pay attention to what everyone else is doing, I didn't realize that's kind of the cool thing to do right now. So it's great <laughs> to be actually on trend. <laughs> but yeah, it's a, it's an incredible beer. So this beer is like super, um, inspired by, um, I don't know if you guys have ever been to Munich, but it was meant mm-hmm. to be something that, um, if you ever get to go there's an incredible food market there that's by a massive church and near the um, original site of Oktoberfest. And like, I just wanted to create a beer that felt like summer looking into the sun. So like when you're drinking beer, that last bit of beer that's coming out of your can and you're looking directly into the sun, it's like that, oh, fuck yeah, this is summer kind of vibe. Um, And we did design it to be had at 
the Docklands location for Hofbrau House. So, like, I did envision myself getting extremely fucked up in their front bit on this. Um, But, you know, say la vie. Like, I love the the descriptors you give around where your inspiration for each beer is coming from is, like, the feeling, the feeling behind it. The vibe. Yeah. You're catching good um, vibes. I lost, I sat my Cicerone and then I um, failed here, but I also lost half my taste buds from this accident I had. So I was, I'm hyper aware of like people not being uh, either like, like I don't know your language around taste and you don't know mine, but I feel the universal thing that we have is memories and like a memory associated with something. So when we are doing, like when Burnley does tastings, we do share experiences rather than um, tasting notes because I find it more, uh, it's more of a connection for us as well. Like it's a pretty intimate thing to share that memory. Um, and I I just did it because I started not being able to taste things. And that was just like, if I had a memory in my brain before I was tasting things, I could easily point out flavors that I felt like my brain had lost. Um, so it was a way to retrain myself and now it's just the language that I personally use to describe taste. I like it. It's different. Oh, I think it's so important as well, right? Because the, you go back to what beer, what beer is really for and it is for the experience. Like we can Mm. sit and talk about taste as much as we want, but if you're just tasting the beer setting alone in your apartment, as so many of us are doing now (laughs) without other people, like a lot of it does lose its romance and its luster. Like I'm not remembering the beers that I'm drinking in lockdown. Like I remember the beers that I'm having on an excellent night with friends or the right kind of venue or the right kind of, when you're traveling yeah, yeah when you're traveling and, you know those beers taste so much better yeah I think that's something that we really wanted to impart with the Oktoberfest boxes like while you can't be where we're talking about about like with so for example if we're trying the Bock beer which comes from Einbech obviously you can't be in Einbech but one day you might be and the world is a lot bigger than what we're feeling right now and mm. that itself it shouldn't be forgotten yeah or people who have been there maybe it can transport them and relive yeah. that a little bit hmm. yeah oh, I love this traveling through beer when we can't travel yeah <laughs> now before we finish things up Chloe do you have some nuggets you can share with us yeah, you, you got some, some chicken nuggets I can drop on you <laughs> you got some nuggets um, yeah. <laughs> so we have seltzer coming out because I hit 30 and suddenly got a beer belly. Where the fuck did that come from? Not aware. Um, and I was finding I was getting like absolutely tanked responsibly every weekend on seltzer. So I didn't want to pay for it. So I was like, I'm going to make it. Um, and also my friends were really into seltzer. So for the first time ever, I could make a drink that they were into. So I've just <laughs> decided to do it. Um, the branding yeah, the branding is like horny in a city, 30 something woman goes to picnic. That's the branding inspo. (laughs) Um, so basically me and, um, (laughs) then we, some really cool shit's happening at 
Burnley, actually. We're just about to start exporting up to Brisbane because Jessie's decided that she wants to move home there, which uh, makes total sense. So we'll start um, a bit of a base up there. Um, We were meant to be in Sydney by now, but obviously lockdown hit. So I didn't think it was super responsible to start selling to a city I couldn't go to. Mm. Um, uh, Where I actually don't know if I should give this away, but I've already started the sentence, so I'm just going to keep going with it. Ooh, I'm really excited for this one. (laughs) We're just about to start an alcohol-free range. Um, Nice. Because obviously we did the 1%. Uh, IPA years ago um, and we've just decided to reboot that effort um, then do our barrel age program we're hopefully going to start like a whole souring program so obviously you guys would know that souring needs to be done in different locations so mm-hmm. we're just looking for that now um, the barrel age program is going to have the branding from my brewery in Germany so cool. that will all be awesome. kind of the upper class stuff um and yeah some secret shit I might hold closer to my chest in case I don't come to fruition but um yeah the cool shit's happening man yeah that's great that's very exciting about the barrels and the sours um yeah that's great yeah that's awesome and yeah. about the alcohol free I think I was gonna say and then non-alc as somebody who's mostly drinking non-alcs right now yeah yeah, it's mainly because I really think, and I say this too often, um, I really do think Handmaid Tale will come true at one point. Um, and if it does, I want some good beer to Me drink. Me too. I personally don't have to pay for yet. <laughs> I have also been aware that I've been saying thank you, like thank you, because I watched a Megan Markle documentary last night and she says it like thank you. <laughs> it's just thank like you. stuck in my brain. So I'm not trying to mimic you guys. I'm mimicking um, Megan Markle because it's just the funniest shit I've heard in lockdown and my brain's going to mush. But have you also seen, and now I'm going to go on a TikTok, Luke, feel free to edit this out. Have you seen the TikTok <laughs> where the guy, and it's a guy in the States, and he ends every TikTok, it'll just be like a little floof sentence that'll make, but I'll end it with, thank you. For me? <laughs> oh, thank yeah, you. yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> and thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Even you. I know this one. Even I know this one. Really? <laughs> yeah. I really like the guy that's like, Thank you. for me, I don't want to wear masks because for me, they're super uncomfortable. Thank you. Thank you. For me, for, for me, me. It, don't like it. Anyway, okay. iconic. I do think that listening to people talk about what's on TikTok, because we all have different FIP, FYPs. And like, yeah. I do think that listening to people talk about it, you, it does sound a little bit like crazy people when you're trying to explain mm-hmm. a TikTok trend. <laughs> Yeah, You're like no, but like you don't get it because it's a yeah. thing. Well, one of our uh, myself and Jesse's favorite is the nice cock one. So I haven't seen that. So I'm nice. not on that side of I'm not yeah. on that side of TikTok. Apparently, <laughs> anytime we say nice, like nice cock, like if no you idea. haven't seen TikTok, I'm literally just complimenting your dick. So maybe that's <laughs> not the best thing to do. And I haven't seen that TikTok, and I spend a lot of time on TikTok. I want to. What's your hand? Different lanes for different people. Sorry. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. But it's fun. Sorry. My, my to... lane goes down like the comedians I follow and it's like dirty and dark. And Wait, like... are you admitting oh to your gosh. lane? Are you admitting to being on TikTok? <laughs> my lane is very well curated by Christina Pajitsky. 
And I will stand by that and I will fall. I'm fine with that. No idea. I'm on like. What do you think about John and Olivia? Wait, what? Do you know what what I'm talking about? John. John. That actor, John. John. um, Sus S. Let me just Google his name. He dumped his wife to be with, uh, to go to rehab. Um, And now he's got his mistress pregnant, Olivia something. Hold on. Can you type 20 seconds? Olivia Mum? Yeah. I have no idea. No, I, I was just saying that because oh, Olivia, Olivia the first word that came to my name was mum, none. Oh, he's a comedian. No he's like friends with Nick Kroll. Let's reverse engineer this. Nick Kroll. Oh, I do love Nick Kroll. And I love Big Mouth. Great show. Yeah, Big Mouth. So he's in Big Mouth. Oh. And his name is... Um, oh, is um, he the one that's also um, in The Good Place? Oh, John Mulaney. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know anything that's going on with him, but that I know John Mulaney. I know who he is. I'll, yeah, I'll forward you. I'll do a um, I'll do a video essay today and send it to you tonight on Instagram. Oh, wow! Can't Amazing. wait. Um, I'm just on <laughs> queer ex evangelical Mormon recovery. I've never been a Mormon, but kind of ties into ex evangelical. Um, musical theater TikTok is nice. Surely that's going to lead to like MLM name. TikTok. To what? Oh, the um, yeah, yeah, yeah. To the market yeah. schemes, yeah. multi-level marketing yeah. schemes. I, I've I never, I've never seen any of their TikToks. I've seen a lot of like MLM bashing on TikTok. Yeah. So this is why I don't think I'm good at sales because I've never been approached by an MLM. I haven't either. Tiff, kind of offended. Oh my god, so many! I went to high school with all of them. Really? Oh, yeah. And you were in a sorority. Again, it's, it's like, <laughs> really? It's not the girls I was in a sorority with. It's oh. the girls I went to high school with that I've gotten a lot of MLM requests for. Like you the know, what, when what you MLMs? see that friend request come in on Facebook from somebody that you haven't spoken to since high school, they're hundred percent trying to sell you something. They're into something. Yeah. What? At what um, brands? I don't know, dude. Do I don't even. I just like as soon as I see it, as soon as they send the message, I'm like, not. Nah. I nope. The, I nope out of it so fast. I, oh, wouldn't, I don't not, know. Yeah. There's the. I don't know. There's the one girl that I actually spoke to, which was like, I don't know, the shakes or something. Only because she was also into beer, and so I was like, oh, we have something in common. And then I was like, oh, she's trying to sell me. Oh, oh no, so we are just trying to use that to our advantage. Was it ever a truth? False sense of security. <laughs> Yeah, basically 100% of that. I mean, whatever. It's fine. I was, you do you, boo. I love it. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not that person. MLMs are yeah. great. Um, you know, wow. I'm Mary That's, Kay. I'm so glad I had that on. So glad I just recorded that. <laughs> Luke, Luke will very much enjoy listening to it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I hope he listens to us on like five times speed. I hope he doesn't have to listen to us in like a regular time. <laughs> Dear Luke, thank you for always editing our podcast for us. We will eventually (laughs) spread our own wings and be the independent people that we are. We are going to see you Wednesday with the first cut of the cheese podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you're excited. And for the cracker follow up. (laughs) All right. So before we roll too far into TikTok, we'll close this out. Normally, yes. Chloe, we finish by saying, like, what's something we can each do to change Call things to for the better? But I think the reality is, like, what you're doing at Burnley 
especially in regards to diversity and inclusion, like is what everybody needs to look to to be better. Absolutely. Yeah. But can well, I, I like I do want to say <laughs> thank like you. <laughs> thank you. I do know that like every staff that we hire isn't going to experience what I'm talking about, obviously. Like we can't you know, there are gonna be people that um you know might not want to be part of the bigger picture that we're forming at Burnley. And that's fine. Like you're still more than welcome, but um, that's great to hear. I should just say thank you and shut the fuck up. So I'm just going to say thank you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So Chloe, where can people find you? (laughs) Oh no. Can I have one more question? Yes. Sorry. um, Chloe. And here's, here's my question. Do you think that with everything that you're doing at Burnley, but do you think that beer can change the world? Depends how much money you got. <laughs> um, yes and no, but also yes, but also no. It depends how much money you've got and depends how much you want to fight for it. Like I think what we're talking about is the changes that we want to see in the world aren't just in the beer industry. So I think the changes that um, that are especially important to us, it would be amazing if they trickled into other places of the world. But just because Burnley is standing for this place of equality doesn't mean that it trickles down successfully into everything that we do or it trickles down into companies that we interact with. So while I do think it can change your immediate world, I don't think it can change the bits that we have no interaction with. But that's because the world is too big to be changed by one thing the only person who can change the world is david Attenborough. <laughs> cool i like it we gotta get a hip like drinking burnley beers i think i probably ended that with a really sad sentence but i think the way that i think beer can change the world is it makes people aware of um ownership and independence and where your dollar goes and i would mm-hmm. like to see that trickle down especially into the fashion industry and the you know industries that we uh, like food and whatever but I think the campaigns that the beer beer world makes I would like to see trickle down into the world whether or not they will is a different yeah. story but um in a in a in a world where Michael can you not be so fucking sexist honestly five seconds until I would have finished the finisher <laughs> podcasting <laughs> he's coming to wash dishes and just smash them <laughs> um but no and yes and no is would be my answer. Yeah, cool. All right. Oh, for Thank fuck's you. sake, Michael, are you serious? No, that was the best sound we ever could have yeah, captured. That was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> he was doing. He's been waiting for that. <laughs> but Five, I am going to go on a Tits and teeth, tits and teeth. But I also think the the way that it can change the world is how traditionalist it can be so like you can have a whole um month celebrating something that happened 500 years ago and mm-hmm. that itself is such a unifying factor that if we can harness harness the good elements and put that into the wider world then we'd be laughing mm. it's like christmas and jesus exactly yeah so if there's ways that i also <laughs> think that the beer the beer industry itself tends to think slightly too highly of itself Mm. um and I think that 
itself is a problem where like we are so like I'm so grateful to work in an industry that I actually believe in and I don't know if you guys feel the same but like especially post-COVID I know it's where I want to be and I'm very lucky to actually have a job that has kept me insane but in a insane in a good way um Mm. for almost two years now so um I don't think I know I'm rambling on here. But I don't think it can change the world, but I think it can change the. I think you can change it, and that itself is more exciting. Mm. Cool. All I'm right. I do Thank you. That. All right. No, never be sorry. Be sorry. All right, yeah. Chloe. Where can we find you and Burnley on you know the internet? Um, well, if you ever see me in the street, do not look in my fucking eye. <laughs> What? I'm not kidding. <laughs> oh, guys, it feels good to laugh. It feels good to talk to someone. Um, <laughs> you can find Burnley at 648 Bridge Road or on our Instagram or on the website. Um, and then I come attached to the brand, so you'll find me pretty quickly from there. <laughs> Lynn, where can we find you on the internet? Oh, well... I'm around. You can find me at Talk Beardy to me, and it's Beardy with the D <laughs> um, on all your socials. Mm. Tiff, where can we find you? <laughs> I'm at Beer Girl Bites on all of the things. <laughs> all of the all things. of the things, and you can find us. <laughs> Sorry, I'm gonna try to lift it up now. You can find us at Crack the Ceiling Podcast. On all things and crack the ceiling podcast at gmail.com. There you go. In case you want to talk to us or tell us who you want to hear us. Tell us that all the TikTok, TikTok talk was very exhausting. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Let us know things. Awesome. Well, thank you, Chloe, so much. Thank you, Chloe. Giving us your lockdown night, showing us some some Harry at the beginning of our chat. And, um, Especially for these really fucking delicious lagers we got so to taste tasty. tonight. So tasty. Thank you. Thank you You're for welcome. the Thanks for having me. Donation. And thanks for um standing up for what you guys believe in. It's a lot easier to do nothing, but especially you two. Your, um, the fact that you guys care so much about things you don't have to is, is what we will reflect on in 10 years' time as the spark that potentially changed everything. Wait, are you telling us we don't have to care? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can do whatever the fuck you want, man. <laughs> oh. Oh. Thanks, Chloe. Thank you, Chloe. That means You're a welcome. lot. That means a lot. So can I have my money All now right. or later? <laughs> <laughs> um, just wait a minute, Luke. Edit that oh, out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Never coming. Bye, everyone. See you next time. So much Bye. Energy.